Thanks for joining me again this week, guys. I'm Phil Bean, your host of the Scale Well podcast and co-founder of Nudge. And today on this episode, I'm talking to Josh Cherry, former Marine, CEO and founder of women-only fitness franchise, Delta Life Fitness, about the massive importance of nailing your target member persona, creating an awesome member experience, and the power of extending that experience beyond the facility hit hit maybe using the nudge app and community challenge leaderboards in there um wanted everybody to know that these lessons are really important for anyone who's in the health business from fitness to health care but specifically for you folks in fitness i uh, wanted to just point out today that that delta life is um a franchise business and does have franchising opportunities available so if you're interested in checking that out and if you're passionate about empowering women and want a proven business model to do it then pop on over to DeltaLifeFranchising.com and you can get a little more info there and learn about the great things that Josh and his team are doing at Delta Life. But um, without further ado, let's get to the interview, talking to Josh Cherry. All right, hanging out here with Josh Cherry, founder and CEO of Delta Life Fitness. Josh, how's it going on this Tuesday morning? Phil, it's going great, man. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Josh and the Delta Life crew are good friends of ours, good friends of the pod, I guess we could say, and uh, good friends of Nudge for sure as well. And today we get to be good friends on Scalewell, so it's just bringing it full circle today, Josh. But I wanted to get started and just really like let people hear kind of your backstory and where Delta Life Fitness came from um, and how it's evolved to where it is today over the last couple of years that you guys have been working on it. Yeah, thanks, Phil. So, you know, uh, as, as you know, I was, uh, I was in the Marine Corps for about 14 years. I was what they call a PTI in the Marine Corps, a physical training instructor. And I was stationed at Texas A&M University getting the Young Corps cadets ready to ship off uh, either to go overseas or go to officer candidate school. So I was running the nutrition and programming workouts for those guys there. Uh, and I was a little older at the time because I was already in the Marine Corps for quite a while at this point. And we were doing a Cub Scout meeting with my son's Cub Scout little group. And one of the moms joking around was like, Hey Josh, tomorrow morning we should meet up here in the school parking lot and do a boot camp like you do for the core cadet kids. And I was like, all right, 5 a.m. Let's go. Right. Uh, and then I found out that civilians uh, actually like to work out and they'll pay to work out. Whereas wow. <laughs> in the Marine Corps, it's kind of like, you know, nobody wants to work out. We're like, oh man, we have PT tomorrow. Uh, so that's kind of what started it off and doing it for the Cub Scout mom there. That, that first session uh, turned into two sessions, turned into three. We ended up getting a build. And that was way back in 2009, 2010. Uh, and it just kind of scaled, uh, kind of scaled up from there. That's awesome. So how many locations are you guys looking at right now? So now for our license, because we, we, you know, we did this like when you go to scale and we'll talk about this here in a second, I'm sure. But when you go to scale, there's a couple of different versions, right? You can either go corporate owned, you can go license model, or you can license, you think CrossFit, or you can go franchising. We went licensing out the gate and we got all the way up to 22 licensees before we decided that we would rather go more corporate owned stores and franchising. So mm -hmm. since making that transition, we now have seven franchisees. Uh, and then the remaining uh, le ones left out of the 22 are still licensees. That is awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about, because this is a topic that I get asked about a decent amount. Not many people know much about the differences, uh, differences between, you know, corporate owned, between uh, licensing models and, and franchising models and why you would choose one over the other. Can you talk about some of the struggles you've had with either one and why you chose to go in the direction you're going in now? Yeah, so each one, it takes a lot of... Uh, 
of strategic, just kind of sitting down and looking at all the options and figuring out which one you want to do. And just to kind of a very basic idea is corporate owned is it's all your store. So you have one gym, you're going to, you are going going to just open another store exactly like it. You're going to own it. You're going to have W2 employees running it. That's kind of the corporate growth model. Mm-hmm. Then there's licensing. And, and the Federal Trade Commission is very specific about what constitutes a franchisee over a licensee. And it's three things, right? If you take over $600 a year in royalties, then that's mm-hmm. one of the requirements. If you get marketing support, that's another one. And then the third one, it's kind of, uh, and then obviously if they use your logo and name, uh, but that, that third one, that marketing support, how much you control or mandate them to follow your systems is kind of the difference on whether you can go licensing or franchising. So you think CrossFit, right, Phil? Mm-hmm. Uh, every CrossFit you go into can be completely different. There is not a lot of consistency from CrossFit to CrossFit in exactly the way Greg Glassman wanted it to be. He, he believed in that kind of growth. So uh, that's kind of the difference. If you want to have control and control the brand and have brand consistency, you've either got to go the corporate style where they're all your stores or you've got to go the franchise style. If you want fast growth where you just have a product and you want people to be able to run with that product and be able to do it kind of their own way, but you don't really have brand control, that would be more the licensing model. Uh, interesting. Now, that's a really useful breakdown. I haven't heard it broken down in terms of just the c- control of the branding being a key aspect of it. So that was really helpful, I'm sure, to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so... One thing that I think is really interesting about you guys, and I know you, I know Robbie, um, who I'm supposed to talk trash about throughout this episode on a regular basis. I'm sure he doesn't actually do anything over there, but I know he uh, claims to be important. Um, Both as a partner and a brother-in-law. Worthless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. We're going to have to keep that going throughout. But um, no, I love that, dude. How the, how the heck did you guys get going with a a women-only franchise? And how did you develop your kind of personas in... And how did that just kind of come about? Good question, right? Look, something about two dudes from Texas. Did you know that uh, the founders of Curves Fitness was two guys from Texas? Like, it's kind of funny, right? Uh, so when we first did it back in 2009, it was kind of 8 to 80. We're going to, you know, our, our, our claim to fame was we're going to get you in the best shape of your life. You know, what, what gym doesn't say that, right? We're going to get you in the best shape of your life. And then we quickly realized that in this noisy market, uh, everybody says that. Everybody says if you're 8 to 80 and want to come get fit, uh, we'll, we'll train you and get you in the best shape of your life. So we, we started this being passionate about the fitness side and the programming and taking all my Marine Corps knowledge and helping everyday people get really solid results. But then we quickly realized that uh, we couldn't break through the noise. There was no way to break through the noise. And so the more we started, we actually started studying online marketing. We launched an online workout program that was hugely unsuccessful. <laughs> But I tell you, you know, it's all of us entrepreneurs, every time you try, you hear it all the time, fail forward, you know, go out there and try something. If it hadn't been for that online program, we wouldn't have learned all the digital marketing things we learned. And going through that digital marketing, we really started to learn the power of picking one target market. And then that lets you do two things, right? And I'm sure you've heard me say this before. When you, when you really know exactly who it is you serve, and we know exactly who we serve. I mean, you should see the spreadsheet on Delta Dana and how much we know about Delta Dana. We know her better than she knows herself. We know mm-hmm. what her day looks like. We know everything about her. And that allows us to do two things, Phil. It allows us to create marketing and content that engages with her and gets her to become aware about our brand on the front end. And then it allows us to build a product on the back end to specifically serve that one person. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, one of the most valuable lessons you can learn, especially if you want to scale anything. It's, it's funny and kind of counterintuitive to a lot of the, the fitness business owners I talk to, but specificity in a way allows scale. Um, it's something that tends to unlock scale when you're able to really dive down and be extremely specific about who you serve. And even at times be really restrictive and niche about who you serve. That actually tends to create the more scalable models in our experience. You're absolutely right. Specificity with simplicity is what I always say. So it, it even goes it even goes beyond that, right? Like even though we we know that we serve women, right? I feel like we we serve women. It even goes beyond that. At one point, we were looking at you know at Delta Life Fitness, we only have one type of class. We teach group training classes. They're tone and torch classes. Kind of think like Orange Theory. You go to Orange Theory, there's just one type of class, right? When you go to a Delta Life Fitness, there's just one type of class. It's tone and torch. There was a time when we started saying when it was just me and Kristen running a studio, we were like okay, we'll do the group classes. We'll call those boot camp, And then we'll do small group and personal training. Well, guess what you have to do? Because somebody who's going to pay for personal training is a lot different than the person who wants to do boot camp. So you've just created two different avatars. So now you have to create mm-hmm. two different programs. Now you have to create two different marketing campaigns. And that on scale doesn't work. It's something so simple that people don't think about. They're like, oh, it's another revenue model. No, you've just complicated it beyond the ability to scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to kind of shift gears and some something that I think was a, a thread that was underlying what you were saying there and what, what's kind of been underlying everything we've been talking about. It sounds like you sort of started with the idea that, you know, everyone has where, you know, fitness results for everyone. Um, and, and that's kind of everyone wants to deliver results. That's, that's going to be first and foremost on your mind when you get into the fitness profession, I think. But I think as you've developed your business and as other, other business owners uh, develop and, and improve their businesses over time, would you say it becomes more about just creating an experience than focused on specifically obsessing over the results, results, results? It's about creating the experience more. Is that something that you consciously focus on more? Um, than than just you know driving results being the only thing you talk about. Yes, yeah, that's, that's that's so we do client surveys all the time with our ladies, and I'm always really surprised to see uh, the number one reason uh, a lot of our ladies come to the gym is to make friends. Like that was something that never crossed my, my mind. But something we say all the time, Phil, and this is very true in the fitness industry: people join a studio, a gym, a facility for results; they stay for the experience. So it's mm. it's tricky. You have to walk that fine line because. It's really, really, it's extremely hard to market the experience in a way that will get the initial click or grab the initial awareness. You really have to go with your benefits and features and results on the front end and then give them the experience to maintain high retention numbers. That is absolutely great. And I'm glad you broke it down so simply because I have a hard time making things simple sometimes, Josh. So (laughs) I'm glad I have you with me to help help me clarify. Um, Join for results, stay for the experience. I love that. Um, So consider consider that stolen. I'm sure Robbie didn't come up with that. Absolutely not. Like I said, he's worthless. (laughs) It was his birthday yesterday too. So I really really got to give him. Happy belated birthday, Robbie. This is your birthday birthday, present. Getting roasted on. We're taking to San Diego today, so it'll be good. Ah, there you go. There you go. Lovely weather there. Um, (laughs) So, oh no, I've lost track of what I'm doing. So, all right, we're talking about the member experience here, and obviously that's uh, the key to retention for you guys and and for everybody, really. So, I mean, what are some other things you talked about? You you learned really early that part of the reason women are joining and, and enjoying the experience is they're able to, to make friends and work in these, you know, you guys have group workouts, small group workouts, correct? Um, 
what are what are some of the other things that that you guys do that makes the experience a little bit different at Delta Life that that really uh, you know is is stuff you focus on in the experience side? Yeah, we're we're utilizing tech. Uh, tech tech is a big part of it. People want the instant results. They want to. You, you have to gamify the entire system. You have to make because fitness is simple, right, Phil? We all know. Mm-hmm. We all know. We have to move a little more and eat a little better. It's literally that simple. But how do we make it fun? How do we make it engaging? How do we make it to where you don't have to put in a ton of data, right? And you can still gamify it and give these ladies a really good experience. When I think when you, when it comes down to how you can utilize tech in the business, you have to do it on three facets. Okay. One has to be the assessments. You know, I'm, I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of in body, but there's all kinds of different ones out there. You have to have something that a woman can step up and there's all kinds of 3d iPad scanners and stuff. Now you have to have assessments to where once a month they can hop on there, bam, it scans them it emails them their complete body composition breakdown. So you have to use, that's one part of the experience. The second one is how are you gamifying the actual workout inside the studio itself? We use MyZone. We love MyZone for that. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's really simple. The ladies walk in, their heart rate monitor is up on the board. Uh, and as soon as they leave, it sends them all the breakdown of their entire workout. And then thirdly, and this is the part that most gyms are not getting right because most gyms are getting assessments. Most gyms are trying to gamify or use MyZone inside the studio, but everybody wants that community, especially with us, the sisterhood, the competition. How do they bond for the other 23 and a half hours that they're not inside the gym? And I think that's where uh, we use a white label version of the Nudge app, but there's a lot, you know, a shameless plug there. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's There's a lot of them out there, but you have to have something. And so we utilize Nudge app with the leaderboard. So uh, our our ladies have a white label version of the Nudge app. They come in, they link up their wearable tech to that Nudge app. And then we have a leaderboard. We have a TV in our lobby that's tracking. Uh, there's zero data input here, right? Like my Fitbit, my Fitbit links up to my Nudge app, my white label version of my Nudge app. And then all that data for that specific gym location is displayed on a leaderboard. So throughout the month, uh, it's got a scrolling marquee of the top 25 ladies that are uh, who, who's taking the most steps. So move a little more, right? And it, it really makes them engage with the app more. It really, they run into the gym and they look at the leaderboard and they're trying to figure out, you know, who's beating me? How many steps do I got to get? They're meeting up on the weekends. They're going for walks together. I can talk all and on about this, Phil, but that, that's that's one way that we use the leaderboards and the, and the, and the Nudge app. Uh, but then we use the Nudge app. We go and we do three, you know, because how do you make that experience? We It starts with knowing who your target demographic is. We have the ladies mm-hmm. Now we got to build the sisterhood around them. Well, we have three standing challenges that we do every year. Uh, we have our New Year's resolution challenge, our beach body challenge right there in the spring, and then our uh, little black dress challenge that we do in the fall. And we run those just for members, and we utilize the three pillars of fitness, exercise, lifestyle, and nutrition, and we track all that with our app again. And we make it fun, and we split people into teams, and we see who gets the most points. And that's how we brought people together and really drove the experience in Delphi. That's so awesome to hear. And that's refreshing to hear for sure, too. I mean, we, you know, we obviously try to shout from the rooftops that, you know, it's about more than what's happening inside the gym. And, you know, you guys have taken advantage of my zone and my zone is a really powerful thing that gets people excited and, and spices up the kind of in gym experience. But, you know, it is that other 23 hours a day that's going to be really important and making sure that people come back in, right? Keeping them connected in between. It's, it's something that I think people miss that um, is a huge opportunity. Um, currently that that fitness business owners haven't had in the past is that everyone's carrying around this smartphone 
that can actually be used as basically a tether to keep a brand, keep a, a fitness business connected to their member everywhere they go. And the the businesses that are using that to their advantage, like you guys are really effectively, um, are, are really going to win in the market and they're going to keep those members for a longer term. So it's really cool to hear what you guys have been able to do. So it's so huge. It's so huge, especially we were talking earlier about scale, right? Like if only, I mean, I think back to whenever I was just training by myself, 2009, 2010, if I would have had an app that could have scaled the accountability and I could have been in everybody's pockets and on a day when they didn't get 10,000 steps and I knew they wanted to get 10,000 steps, I could send them an instant text message to their phone. Oh my goodness. It's mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a game changer. It's if, if you want to scale on the, the way that you can scale personal touch accountability and making a fun experience for your clients. No brainer. That's awesome. Well, Josh, we're going to have to have you back on because we're having to, to run through this one really quickly today, but I want to give you the chance to kind of, you know, kind of sum up today. If there's any bit of advice you have to either uh, soon to be fitness business owners or, or folks that are, you know, reshuffling their model and trying to relaunch something, um, you know, what, what's the main thing if you could go back to, to a young Josh Cherry and give him some advice that you would tell him from day one to focus on so that he could have a, a more, uh, a more seamless ascension, uh, I'd say. Yeah. Start looking at scale, start trying to grow yourself early, you know, download audible right now and listen to every Jim Collins book you can find every business book you can oh, find, find awesome. a mastermind, find somebody who, and you hear it all the time. It's cliche, but find somebody who's done what you want to do, uh, and go get surrounded by those people. I'll always be, uh, never be the smartest guy in the room. Always surround, surround yourself with people that have already done it. Uh, and just continue to fail forward. I mean, I wish I would have got the high level coaching that I'm getting now. I wish I would have got it back whenever I first started. Uh, and, and also I would say, one thing we did right was we learned how to create revenue early instead of trying Mm -hmm. to come up with the best idea. We learned how to create revenue and then that revenue that we created allowed us to come up with great ideas and build a great model. God, that's a a great point. Something, you know, we pride ourselves on too, of course. It's a, such a novel idea of making a little money in the meantime, right, Josh? (laughs) It, it really separates you when you go start talking to investors and stuff. You have all those, you know, the California kids who just, they have this great, I mean, it looks amazing. It looks like something better than me and Robbie ever put together on paper, but they've never, ever generated a dollar. Uh, it's hard for investors and stuff to get behind that. You have to learn. If you're going to be in business, you have to learn how to generate revenue. Absolutely. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this episode of the Scale Well podcast, there's plenty more where this came from. Go on and pop over to your favorite podcast app. Could be Apple Podcasts, could be Stitcher Radio, any of the others. Subscribe. And if you have a second, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We love seeing those five-star reviews in the App Store. So thank you again to Josh Cherry, CEO and founder of Delta Life Fitness. And we'll see you again on the next episode of the Scale Well podcast.